Welcome to the Advisor Talk podcast channel. This is Nick Stewart, CEO and Financial Advisor at Stewart Group. If you're new to the show, Stewart Group is a CFEX certified financial planning and advisory firm serving clients throughout New Zealand with offices in Hawke's Bay and Wellington. The information provided or any opinions expressed in this show are of a general nature only and should not be construed or relied on as a recommendation to invest in a financial product or class of financial products. You should seek financial advice specific to your circumstances from a financial advisor before making any financial decisions. A disclosure statement can be obtained free of charge. location this time, different sound, you might notice we don't have the dulcet tones of Ken today, uh, they are moving premises, so we are in our own podcast studio. So welcome Nick and John Campbell, founder and CEO of Our Energy, our guest of honour today. So we want to talk guest about... Guest of honour, but not honourable guest, <laughs> perhaps. Kia ora. Oh, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'd never say that. <laughs> so yeah, we just kind of wanted to get together to talk about, so we've got an event tonight, which is very exciting about yep. our Terehi Solar Network, and our energy has been a major player in this becoming possible for us, so as I should introduce myself as well. I think you should. <laughs> First time. Oh, hey. I'm rusty at this. <laughs> so my name is Rita, for new listeners. I am the marketing lead at Stuart Group, and it is my great privilege to be on the podcast today in Ken's place. To be moderating and you know making sure that it's going along. Oh. <laughs> Good to have you here. Yeah. Oh, thank you. So I guess the first bit would just be what is Tariki Solar Network? How did we start with that? We started with it on the basis that we were wanting to move the environmental needle and reduce our footprint and have some fun with solar and some of the new technology that's you know come a long way over the last couple of decades and it's getting faster and quicker in terms of the affordability of what can actually be done. I'm fortunate that I have a, a brother-in-law and good friend uh, who actually works in this space and said, hey, why don't, why don't I design you a, a solar network for your building in Kadamu Road in Hastings? And then he said, hey, um, there's another friend of mine who you should really be talking to, John Campbell from Our Energy. So I kind of you know, reached out to John, we had a chat, and John said, Hawke's Bay is on the cards with the Unison Network. And, well, you know, here we are. Yeah, I think we've been going, what, just uh, since the start of this year, yes, basically, exactly. isn't it? Yeah, it is, yeah, because yeah, we arrived here around right. December. Yep. And we were kind of the yep. first first came off the rank for onboarding. Yep. But we were very fortunate that with what we were doing, because we had quite a few ICPs or power accounts to move on to the Our Energy Network, John kindly said, hey, why don't we build you a private community? So yep. effectively a private network which is what we have, the Tirihi Solar Network. So that's where, presently, we have 14 power accounts, so 14 families or businesses are on the Tirihi Network, and they are all enjoying and benefiting from those members that are energy seeders. In other words, they have solar panels that are producing power from the Hawke's Bay Sun every day, pumping that energy into the network for the use of the members. And I mean, for anyone who may not have seen the drone photos, we are 
chocker with solar panels. <laughs> yeah. You had, counted them the yeah. other day. I yeah. did. I had to manually uh, kind of count them because we weren't quite sure the exact number mm-hmm. and people kept asking us. So. Yeah, I saw so, a photo of it the other day. I was thinking, can you actually get another panel on there? Or I don't think it's possible. You might have oh, to cut them in half. Or oh, something, actually, would you? actually or, my brother-in-law said that. He uh, thinks he can fit another yeah, one uh, there, does uh, he? Dave said, what you do, you build a canopy over the car park and you have... <laughs> <laughs> you have a uh, and like an exoskeleton structure over the car park where oh, the yeah. nine car parks are, and yep. then you have the panels all laid out in the absolute optimal position with tilts yep. to catch the appropriate amount of sunlight. Yeah. So that is okay. possibly one day. Okay, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> could be, could yep. be. Yeah. We have 99 at the moment. Really? Uh, oh, yeah. It'd be a shame not to have just one more, one then, wouldn't more. it, somewhere? Yeah. But the other aspect is because when we have other members in the community, so it doesn't actually matter where the panels are. For example, um, I was rather naive in thinking that the Unison network was just Hawke's Bay. Whereas, in fact, when I was talking to John about it in those early days, you know, John said, well, no, it goes all the way to Topo, all the way up to Rotorua, all the way down down south to, well, where is the central lines boundary? Probably around Waipukarau, Waipawa? Yeah, around, yeah, around there. Yep. yep. So when you think about that Unison network, it's really large. Mm-hmm. So, in fact, we could have someone over or up in, say, Broadlands on the way to Rotorua between you know Taupo, mm. and we could have them producing solar there, clicking into the Tarihi network. So so even though we have ninety nine panels here, I know we've got a whole lot of panels in various locations in Havelock North, yep. uh, which are members of our community, and we've got so at the moment we've got there are four seeders, in other words, people that are producing power for the network of the 14 members mm-hmm. and we've got another two members about to have their solar commission this month one of my good friends uh, a designer and another is one of our staff members here one of our team Matt Stewart group the really cool thing about it is the fact that a to utilize the power of the sun being a very very clean efficient energy source I really like but the other fact is that we've captured it in our own community of Hawke's Bay is really special so when I've kind of thought about it it's like there are some people that it's much more meaningful than others there are those that are just they're a little bit greener than others and I know that whenever you talk about people being green or blue green they always think politics but no I'm just saying people that have always had the environment at the fore doesn't mean they're politically unminded in any way it's just how they think now those people are always going to gravitate to more renewables in their energy and think about how they use energy both how they produce it and how they preserve it and hopefully generate it for those that can afford to put in the systems and are that way inclined but it's also you've got some other businesses that are actually measuring their carbon outputs so that they might be like a Toitu certified business so if you could imagine if you owned a fleet of trucks hypothetically I don't know anyone that does who is a Toitu carbon zero business but if you are carbon zero you would therefore have to buy all of the offsets to match your truck fleet emissions which would be quite a lot so you imagine if you were paying away say I don't know 34 or $44,000 a year in carbon offsets if you could reduce your carbon offsets by just switching to a more energy, a more carbon neutral energy source for powering your your office or your manufacturing plant, etc., then you would increase your profitability by lessening your expense. So for me, I kind of look at it and I, I can see where it's heading and I think that people will gravitate more to renewables 
as more people get on board with reducing their carbon footprint. Yeah, I think the other thing Nick, that I like about what Terehe is doing, and you know, it's what our energy is trying to support, you mm. know, sort of more generally, is you know, it's a community-centric way of doing energy. Yes. Yeah. I mean, which one of us you talk about people who you know might be green in some way yes. or another, and there's you know lots of people across us political spectrum as yes. you put it yeah. that you know may or may not be that way inclined yeah. but every one of us I mean name someone who isn't involved in some sort of community yeah, yeah, out, yeah. outside yeah. The, you know whether it's their work life or their private yeah. life you know sports club I don't know their local community RSA mm-hmm. or you know whatever your your thing is most of us are involved in some sort of community yeah there's no reason why actually with today's technology you can't do that through energy today yeah and that's what Tere is is doing I think which is a you know a really powerful example so it's sort of a new way to look at communities but sort of an old school way to look at them as well yeah just bringing back that sort of sharing that used to happen a lot more but in a new technology way yeah absolutely and you know people forget actually that you know the way electricity actually started a hundred years ago is it was a very local thing this idea of that you have this national electricity system that services everybody everywhere and is highly centralized and you know then spans out across the country is actually not I wouldn't say it's relatively new but it's it's, it's not the way it first started so it is very much yeah. Yeah, to your point really you know it's, it is a bit of a back to the future type um, scenario, yeah? It's interesting because there are three, soon to be four members of the Tarihi network that have batches at Hatabi yes. over at um, Taupo, just over, you know, a couple of hours drive over the hill. And one of the first hydro dams in um, New Zealand is actually up the Hinamaya River, up oh, the valley. Right. Oh, okay. And that was a small hydro dam built to handle the expansion of the Taupo you know, community, the city. Yeah, right. Which was quite small at that stage. So it was a very, it was almost like there's a need for power, and we'll just, you know, we can dam this valley and we'll produce enough power to cater for the expansion yeah. of, the, of the town. That's right. So very extremely localized. Yeah. So it was sort of this local project, and then now it's it's owned by I think it's owned by Contact, and it's plugged into a nationwide grid. Yeah. So not very local focused at all anymore. No. And yet that was its whole whole reason for being. Yeah, no, no. Kind of speaking to I guess purpose as well. Last time you kindly came into our offices, we were talking about how community energy can change the way you think about your use as well. Mm -hmm. You've got this lovely diagram on your site and it is, you know, the the way we are now, which is, like you say, the big big energy generators and then the way we could be, which is the community networks. Yes. So I guess, did you want to just kind of do a quick rundown of like how you would envision that occurring. Are we ready for that in New Zealand? Yeah, so um, the short answer is yes, I think we are ready for it. Yeah, and it goes back to just what I was saying before. Yeah, Traditionally, our electricity system has been designed in a highly centralised way with power stations, you know, a long way away from where our homes and businesses are. And increasingly, technology... You know, like solar, like batteries, like electric vehicles, which I've seen a few parked out the back as well. I know there's some stuff going on in that space out here as well, which is great. So, you know, increasingly what that means is that actually our power needs are going to be, you know, highly localised again, yeah? 
and yet you know the way we buy and sell power today is generally through these nationwide electricity companies yeah and you have very little transparency or you know any awareness of you know how that power is produced or you know where it comes from and and who benefits when you're paying for it yeah so we've been very clear and you know what our energy does and in, in trying to you know it is an education piece you know because we believe that if we're going to decarbonize new zealand um, that can't just be about building a whole lot more power stations yeah um, whether it's hydro or wind farms or whatever we actually have to as people and as communities we have to think about how we're using our energy differently and you know I think one of the ways we can do that is by getting re- you know, much more community-centric about how we buy and sell power. Yeah, um, It starts to mean a lot more when it's my community. When it's far away from me, I go, yeah, whatever, I'll just pay my bill and get angry at the power company when they send me you know, yeah. a larger bill than I'd otherwise yeah. expected. How and when we use power is absolutely critical to both our bills and actually our ability to use more of the clean generated energy which is ultimately better for everyone yeah which i suppose was part of the initial appeal of solar for us was being here in the daytime yeah (laughs) Yeah. when the sun's shining yeah in an area notorious for the sun yeah it's interesting because i i've been looking at metrics on what we've been producing over the month of um, july and that's probably the worst single month you could ever use of the year yeah. to look at solar output because yeah. it was extremely wet, lots of cloud, and uh, you know a very, very minimal level of solar production versus, say, January. But it's really interesting when I think about it, and you can see on the charts, I mean, um, John and his team have been really kind to produce some, some really cool metrics that we can dial into on a daily basis to see what's been going on retrospectively. And it's, it's, it's intriguing that, and, and I've, I've just written some notes down, John. So, like, basically from 5 a.m. to, like, 8 a.m., yep. you get a power surge. Yep. And then from 5 p.m. to 9 p.m., there's another power surge, and then it tapers yep. off again. Yep. So we're able to very effectively bridge the gap between 8 a.m. and 5 p.m. Yep. But after that, it's up to our members on how they utilize the power from the grid yep. when we're not producing new power from the sun. Yep, and exactly, and and you know by showing customers that, and you know over time educating them more about that, what we hope to do is actually you know shift more of what they're using in those peak times to the times when the when the solar is available. Yeah, you know, you know, look, everybody's still going to get up and have breakfast and put the kettle on in the morning, you know, and everybody's still going to come home and cook dinner and you know yeah. do that thing. And nobody's saying you need to stop doing that. But things like if we can get people conscious about, hey, when I get home, should I actually put on that load of washing right now? Or, you know, can I, you know, wait for tomorrow or, you know, you know, can I put a timer tomorrow or the, the dishwasher or my, you know, a common thing now is, you know, people getting home from work and they just out of habit plug in the electric car. Yeah, in peak time, which is a big hungry, you know, oh, big wow. hungry user. So, you know, if we can actually educate people around that, that stuff, you know, to move yeah. that outside a peak, then well, it's... I, I was um, talking to a couple of people the other day and thinking about a major draw electrical, aside from a car, is like a sparple. Yes. Or, <clears throat> dare I say, heating, not a sparple, but a pool. Yes. So, you know, I've got, I've got a friend who heats his pool from Labor Weekend through to Easter. Right. It has no timer. No. 
it purely just comes on when the temperature drops and it runs on a band. You know, so if it's if he wants it set at 27, it'll you know it'll kick in when the pool drops to 25. It'll cut out when it reaches temperature. And I said to him the other day, "You must be paying a fortune for that." And he said, "Well, it's not really itemized, so I don't know." Yeah, yeah. And I right. said, "But if you joined the Tarihi Network, we could set up a timer just to." Really yep. basic timer because it's a two forty volt plug. Yep. So we can have a you know like a fifteen dollar minus yeah. ten timer. Yeah. You don't have to be spending lots of money on this stuff to yeah. be a bit smarter. But yeah. He could be charging yeah. the pool, so heating the pool from the sun from eight a.m. in the morning till five at night. Yeah. And reducing his bill probably by about seventy percent. Yeah. So it's a bit of the old work smarter, not harder as well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. It kind of reminds me of um, back in the landline days. You didn't call anyone until after a certain time at night because oh, you didn't want to be in the yeah. rush yeah you know? yeah yeah true and it was more expensive and i remember my mum used You're to right. say you know oh, wow. uh, yeah. what time is it no you can't call them yet yeah no so it's not going to quite get to that level of mm. you know engagement community. and community <laughs> engagement but yeah it's you know because the the thing why that's really important yeah is that all of you know when we think about our total electricity bills a big chunk of them is actually made up by what you know networks like Unison mm. charge us. Mm. And the reason that Unison charge what they do at the level they do is because the network has to be capable of supplying whatever the load is at a peak time of year. So if wow. you can think of the coldest night in July yes. in the middle of the year, that is what their network has to be capable of supplying at any given time. But you can think there's lots of periods throughout the year where they don't utilise anywhere near that peak no, no, capacity. No, 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 yeah? yeah. The point there is that the more that you can get people, even if it's just reducing, say, by 10% the amount that they use in peak time, that has a really significant impact on what the network charges are for everyone in the community. Um, so it's, it's things like that that are really important about educating people about why our power costs are what they are. Yeah, I mean, it's and, <laughs> it's probably a, a habit yeah. I've gotten into. I get home and start charging everything. Yeah. You know? and, um, and I probably don't need to. I've still got like 40% battery on my phone. It's yeah, fine yeah. for another few hours. Yeah. So um, yeah. definitely just changing the way you think about it, I think, would be easier than people might assume yeah and you don't have to as I, you know the point is you don't have to change everything nobody you know it's not going to make a major difference to your lifestyle yes. nobody's saying you need to huddle in front of you know put three layer jerseys on and things. you can still heat your home and you know do all the things that make you comfortable um, but just think a little bit carefully and there's some really simple cheap ways that you can yeah use power more efficiently would I be right in saying that it was only it only became apparent to me once we started producing, or you know, you had the capital outlay to build your own solar array or solar panels, and all of a sudden you start becoming extremely conscious of your energy consumption. Yeah. So, for example, I found that on most of our appliances, dryer, dishwasher, um, washing machine, they all have a delay function. Yeah. I had never used it. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Whereas now, now I do because I can I can just I can go up to a 12 hour delay on the dishwasher yeah so i mean yes so so i can have it come on at say 10 in the morning when the sun's right up and it's cranking along and one of the policies we have here at the office is that any one of our team who buys a plug-in hybrid electric vehicle or a full ev can charge their car here free of charge right yep so long as it's not on a really dull day 
and so long as it's not at night. And it's amazing how, and and let's face it, even charging an electric vehicle with solar, it doesn't take 12 hours to charge. I mean, we can charge a car Mm -hmm. from, say, 10% to 90% in a period of about three hours. Yep. I think, I mean, you raise a really good point there, Nick, as well. And, you know, on the the electricity industry side, yeah, the myth in the industry that's been created over decades is that people don't care about power or energy. You know, as long as their light comes on, you know, when they flick the switch, that's all they're worried about. I mean, I think that was true, but one of the things our energy is very aware of is that when you put things like solar or electric vehicles into the mix, people become way more conscious of how they're using power, which goes to your exact point, yeah? And it makes sense because the thing is closer to them it's more attached it's something that they are in control of they have yeah they know what they're doing with it and how to use it and what they can get like a direct they can get a a direct feedback loop yeah yeah, you know whereas if you know i'm using power and uh, i mean who cares if huntley's burning coal or you know that's that's a long way away from me yeah yeah it was it's it's not in my backyard it's not in my backyard exactly so you know this is the it's what our energy really believes that this power of you know community energy can be a real driver of us you know doing things better i've noticed lately when i drive through communities that the more recent housing developments, mm-hmm. the proliferation of panels on the roofs is yep. is really apparent. Yep. Whereas when you go through a 1980s, 1990s development, or yep. well, even in the early 2000s, there's just nothing. Yep. It's almost like one in every three houses that are built today have some form of solar array on the roof. Yep. So are you finding that there's a much bigger uptake of people who are more curious about kind of peer-to-peer and more disruptive power supplies such as our energy? Oh, yeah, 100%, yeah. And it's been a, you know, I think probably if I look back, you know, our energy was a, we were an idea on a napkin at the end of 2015. Oh, wow. You know, so we've actually been going a little while, you know, and it took us probably it was 20, late 2018, early 2019 before we, you know, got our very first, you know, customer on board. So it took us a good three almost four years of sort of R&D, if you like, to get going. You know, I think in hindsight, 2015 was too early yes. for the New Zealand market to yep. be in that <laughs> space, yep. you know, but we've helped, you know, we've managed to keep going by hook or by crook. And, and now uh-huh. we're really seeing, a, you know, a real uptick in people being conscious. And I think, you know, I think somewhat, I think COVID has, has actually helped a bit in yes. a way as well. Yeah. Because people are doing more of that, you know, mix of work from home, work from the office. They're, they're a bit more flexible around that. And, you know, so when you start to work from home, you start to think, well, how do I, you know, make the most of my energy use? I'm now using more at home because I'm there more often. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think that's partly it. Um, but I also think, you know, what COVID has shown us as well is a bit of the, you know, how important community is you know as well so i think you know we've seen a lot of that in particular you know not just from people you know uh, residential houses but you know businesses thinking like that as well yeah how do i look after my staff how do i look after my team how do i make sure they're well and you know connected and that sort of thing one aspect that i'm curious about is that people really think about putting panels on their home yep and look i get that 
because they own it. You know, there are more residential property owners than there are commercial property owners. Mm -hmm. And yet the person would put panels on their residential roof, but if they happen to own a commercial or industrial property, they wouldn't think about putting it on their on their commercial or industrial property. Yeah. And yet that's the one that has the biggest daytime consumption of yeah. power. Yeah. And often at a very, very large, like a manufacturing plant, is just colossal the draw. Yeah. Um, and if you think something like, you know, can you imagine what, what a hospital draws yep. uh, on a daily basis? Now, so it just really surprises me that, that it just shows that people, their heart is in the right place. They firmly believe in it. They're prepared to invest in it, live it. And yet if they were really trying to really crank it up, we would see panels through all of the industrial areas. Yep. But we do not yet. No. So really, it's, it puzzles me. Yeah. Yeah, look, it's, it's, we are seeing, I mean, you know, Dave, your cousin will talk about it, yeah, I mean, I think, again, in the last couple of years, one of the fastest growing spaces in the solar industry in New Zealand now is the commercials, so businesses are starting to really get on board this now. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, one of the things, you know, one of the things we often hear from businesses, that why they, why they come to us one of the things that has stopped them in the past is actually that very little. You know, they know that they're they're closed in the weekend, yep. so they know that they'll use a lot Monday to Friday yeah. often, and then they go, but it's not worth it because you know I'm going to be wasting all this power over the weekend. And we come to them and say, well, you know, no, actually, you could share it with your home, your your home, yes, or you could share it with people who are at work with you as well, yeah. Um, so you can actually utilise, you know, it across seven days a week. So I think, you know, awareness of what the opportunities are is... It's moving. Is moving. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> now, I know that, and, and I haven't done it with, with um, the Tidihi Group Network yet through our MG. I've not donated any of my power, yep. excess to anyone, which mm-hmm. any member of the community can do so. Yep. Have you ever had it where people, can they allocate a day of the week they give? So in other words, if they're not operating on a Saturday and a Sunday, can they give the two days power away? Um, so not, no, we haven't done it. We haven't set it up like that yet. Um, but you are able to gift basically a percentage of your your excess, yeah, away. So, yeah. And so what will happen there is, you know, if you're creating your most of your excess on a Saturday yes. or a Sunday, yeah. then, you know, if you've got that plugged into our system, it will will automatically gift that chunk from the Saturday and Sunday. Yeah, you can't uh, select a day, but it's an interesting use case, isn't it? I might uh, take that one away as a tip about (laughs) could I select a specific day just to, you know, say, today I know I'm going to be, you're you're sort of giving the example, yeah, today I'm going to be. The commercial office that's closed on a Saturday and Sunday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Would you like some more R&D? Yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah, yeah, that sounds like another one, yeah. Hey, and just tell me, so in terms of like peer-to-peer energy, mm. at a simple term for the listener, yes, how does it actually work? <laughs> yeah, yeah, good question. So yeah, look, it's actually not. Don't want to undersell it, but it's actually not rocket science. Yeah, <laughs> because all you, I mean, no one can actually track physically an electron. Yeah, I can't produce some excess solar off my roof and say that solar, that electron there, I'm sending it to Nick. Goodbye and happy days, Nick. Yeah, that's not how it works. Yeah, but what I can do is with smart metering technology, I, I can tell at the time of day I've produced, you know, a period, 
you know, it's a half hour period. It's how the New Zealand market works today. Now I can tell which half hour period I've produced that excess in, and I can also tell the same half hour period how much Nick has consumed. And I can match that. Yeah, I can basically create a virtual transaction between that. Yeah. So that's that is simply what is happening, you know, at a really simplified level, at a one to one, you know, between Nick and John level, that's what's happening. Wow. Um, we're just matching it's it's a data matching, yeah, because nothing is changing in how physically electrons are buzzing around and moving around the place. Yeah. They do what they do. We will never capture. <laughs> yeah, nobody's doing anything magical there. And um, so tell me, with because of course um, our energy um, yep. has gone around and secured all of the you know you, you know you've been able to develop all these um, you know opportunities with all of these various regional lines companies. Yes. What's the reason why that say Tarihi can't export power to say Danivirk, which is on another lines company? What's the reason why they're isolated on that kind of regional basis? Yeah, so that's a good question. And this goes, I mean, it basically goes back to the Bradford reforms in yes. the, the late okay. 1990s, the electricity yep. market reforms. Yep. Yeah, so, I mean, if you think about it, you know, once upon a time, New Zealand actually just had one national electricity company. Yeah? There was no such thing as, and you had your local, what you called your local power boards yes. that governed various different areas. Yeah. Um, but one of the things those power reforms did in the late 90s was that they they disestablished a lot of those local power boards and put them into these larger, more corporate-like, um, you know, network company organisations, you know, like, so Unison is one. Yes. Um, some of them were a bit more fortunate. They managed to locally organise to keep... You know the assets and yep. under local ownership, under community trust ownership, and the example of that is you know the one down the road that I think we mentioned it earlier is Central Lines, you know yes. the one just yep. south of yep. uh, Unison yes. and covers Waipukuro and mm. you know the sort of the central mm. regional Hawkes Bay mm. area. So that's a very tiny, you know, compared to Unison, it's a tiny network area, yes. yeah, and yeah. and doesn't cover very many connections at all. I think maybe only. You know, sort of twenty thousand connections in total, which is nothing compared yep. to Unison, which yes. is at least five or six times that. Oh, I think. Okay. Yeah. So the reason for it is basically a historical political mm. <laughs> market reform yeah. one. But but there's no way that you can have a central lines um, meter box communicating with a Unison. Is that is that? Yeah. The issue? Well, you you can actually. Mm. Yeah. So all of that technology is the same. The barrier has been is that you know for a supplier like us, so there's 29 of these Unisons mm. around New Zealand. Mm. And we, as a retailer, you basically, you know, so if you become an electricity supplier retailer, um, you don't just from day one have access to all of those 29 networks. You have to pick and choose which one you take. And you basically, you have an agreement with each one to sell, if you like, provide, be a seller of power on their network. So we haven't done central lines yet, but... I'm actually going down there tomorrow, Nick. Oh, uh, good and, luck. And, uh, I, know talking, be, I know a few people yeah, that talking pretty, to, pretty happy. Yeah, talking to Central Lines about us uh, setting up uh, in that area. Uh, we've had actually, you know, talking about you know demand and interest in our service. Um, there's been a hell of a lot from down that way in just the last month or two. 
Um, so oh, we're really excited about that. Okay. And oh, yeah, really cool. so we think hopefully um, in time for this summer we may be operating on that one as well okay. very soon. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, because some of our uh, prospect um, Tahiti group members have yeah. be- have batches down the line down that way, so they. Uh, yeah. yeah, so there's actually you know there is no reason why we can't, other than it's literally a commercial contractual barrier yes. that you know means that you know we decided to do Unison first yes. and not Centralines, yep. and yeah, it's yeah. Yep. Yeah. And um, so, so you were talking about the fact that New Zealand um, has a, a power power calculation method every thirty minutes. Mm. Is that common around the world? Um, yeah, it is in uh, markets that have gone to you know what you call this. Uh, it's what I'd call competition models yes. or retail choice, as it's sometimes called. So in yeah. New Zealand, yeah, as everyone knows, yeah. you know you've got all these different retailers that you can choose from yep. to buy your power from. You know, that's not, as you point out, yeah, it's not a... Um, New Zealand was one of the first countries to go down that path. Um, Australia, uh, Victoria has gone down that path, and most of and New South Wales and some of Queensland. You know, to give you an example of how, di- you know, diverse it is, Western Australia still has... doesn't have retail choice, you know? So, you know, you can buy your power. If you're in Perth, you get your power from... <laughs> The company that's there, yeah, there is no choice. Um, but Singapore and Japan, in recent years, have recently gone to a similar model as New Zealand. Oh, okay. Um, Texas and a bunch of other states in the US have yep. a similar model. The UK and a lot of Europe has a similar model. Hey, so in terms a little about our energy, so so here we are at um, Tahiti with uh, you know fourteen members and soon to be fifteen. Yeah. <laughs> And, you know, we'd really like to have 100 heading into 2023. Yep. Um, um, how many members are part of, um, how many ICPs or power accounts, families are connected to uh, our energy at the moment? Yeah. So um, we've actually just getting pretty close to 100 nationwide. Yep. Um, and that's the ones that are with uh, our energy directly. Yes. Yep. Um, we actually run a number of projects where we're actually not the power company. Yes. Um, we simply supply the software to others to yes. enable them to build their, you know, their own community yep. uh, energy propositions, um, and so we've actually probably got another, you know, there's probably another hundred on board there. So there's a good couple of hundred around the country now yep. um, that are on the platform, if you like. Not everyone may know that it's our energy that's sitting in behind, yeah. you know, making that happen. So, yeah. awesome. And, you know, and we've seen some real growth just over the past, um, you know, as I say, year, 18 months, which is, you know, pretty exciting. Yeah. And where did you come up with the, the concept back in that 2015, oh. 2016 period? Oh, yeah. So, yeah, for anyone who wants to have a look at the website, ourenergy.co.nz, um, yeah, the story's on our website, that little moment on a summertime run, which, you know, funny enough, was in the Hawke's Bay, up, in, um, up on the hills um, back behind Napier, um, where I was on a summer holiday. Yeah. And I went for a run, and I ran down the road, and there was this uh, bit of a house with, you know, solar panels and, and a wind turbine, you know, so oh, really, wow. yeah, really, you know, like clearly a very early adopter yeah. of this technology. And I thought, that's cool, you know, that's cool, and didn't really think about it anymore. And then I, you know, got a bit further down the road, and there's a farmer, you know, there, and he's selling button-up pumpkins out on the roadside, you know, I think it was $2 a pumpkin or something <laughs> like that. It's like, that's great, that's a great deal, by the way. <laughs> um, you know, and then, so I ran a bit further, and then the idea popped in my head, so hang on. 
there's a guy who's selling pumpkins to his, you know whoever passes yeah. the road, local community. Why? Well, I wonder if that guy is selling power to his local community. Can he? I mean, can he even do it? I, you know, it was literally yeah, an unanswered yeah, question. Yeah. So, you know, it became a bit of an obsession, actually. I sort of, you know, I'm arguably still a bit obsessed, actually figuring out that there was no logical reason why he couldn't do that. It's just that no one had set up the proposition or the model to enable that to happen. And, you know, I looked out around the world thinking, surely I can't be the only guy, you know, because that's a real worry if you come up with a new idea. It's a real worry if you find that you're actually the only one in the world who's yes. who's doing it, because then you know you're nuts, yeah? <laughs> yeah? Um, but yeah. fortunately, there were a couple of others in other countries who were starting to, you know, realise the same thing, that, you know, solar, what you call distributed energy, was a growth industry. Yeah. You know, there was more and more of it coming, and they were trying to work out actually, okay, this stuff is, if it's all happening locally, we're going to have to have ways of trading it locally. Yes. So, yeah, that's when I sort of, you know, well, okay, I'm not nuts, and yeah, we built up a profit, you know, build up a company around it. Yeah, it's interesting, because I find the, um, you know, the, um, the our energy technology that we've embraced here with um, our Tarihi network is actually very similar to how we run our business at Stewart Group in the sense that the raw ingredients that go into the proposition are very, very clean and simple. So you've got your solar inputs when when the sun's up, which is every day, you know, sometime between 6.30 and 6.30 at night, mm-hmm. when in the darkness we're consuming off the grid, yep. straight on the um, wholesale spot price, and we pay you a, for the service, we pay you a, each member pays you a flat fee a dollar, like a retainer, on yep. a weekly basis to be a member are the only three ingredients. Yep. It's like the most, you know, it's the most awesome organic cake. It's like, and it's like a fee for service fiduciary model that we run here as an investment firm, as financial advisors. Yep. And it's interesting because people say, oh, so well, where's the catch? And I'm like, there is no catch. It's like, these are the ingredients. This is it. And they go, oh, but I've heard someone else is getting a better deal elsewhere. And I say, well, then you need to try and find out where the catch is because yeah. if you're dealing with pure, clean ingredients and everything is fee transparent, there is nothing else. No. And I find that just so refreshing because so many people complain about their power bills. Yeah. Like they, you know, they get really upset about it. And of course, we're getting the UK press a little bit of that. Yeah. That mirror is reflecting on us at the moment. We actually yeah. don't have a power crisis here. No. But I tell you what, think about how much we're hearing about what's happening in the UK through the press. Yep. Their energy crisis. And people are starting to get a little bit hit up about it here. And I keep saying to them, well, always go for transparency. Yep. And right. I just find what you've um, what you've brought to the table is very much a fiduciary's approach. Yeah. No, 100%. We're really clear about that. Even from the point of view of, you know, that, that transacting of the local energy where... People often get confused. They say, so you mean I'm selling it? You know, I get 12 cents if I sell it out, and my community buys it at 12 cents. And we go, yeah. And they go, well, so hang on. How do you make money off that? We're like, no, no. Ours is a service, yeah? You You will pay us for providing that service, but we won't make money off the energy transaction. The transaction of energy is between you and your community. Yes. Yeah, it's really, you know, it's a really quite an important principle to how we operate. Um, and I, yeah, I think that this sort of is the wider complexity. Yeah, we've 
too often, you know, there's lots of um, propositions out there that look cheap on the surface. You know, things like, I'll oh, think about it, you know, a lot of the bigger power companies in New Zealand will offer these sort of, you know, any time, 24 hours a day. And, and you know, that's quite simple, yeah, because it's, it's like a one daily charge and it's a flat charge yep. all day, every day. Yep. But hidden within that is all the costs, yeah? So you have actually no idea what it is costing them to provide you that service. Yeah. Uh, just be very wary of that, you know? And so you know, with our engine, we're very clear that people can get, um, you know, when they first join us, they, they can sometimes get a little bit, not upset, but they can get confused by the transparency that we provide. They go, oh, there's a lot of detail here. And we go, okay, just let us step through what the detail is about, yeah? Because actually I think once we do that, it'll make you feel a lot better, yeah? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know, it's actually not we're charging you more, it's just that we're actually splitting out what all the different costs are to provide that service to you. Um, and it's a really important part because, you know, if you want, again, if you want people to behave differently around how they use energy, you've got to provide them with the tools and the information totally. to do that. Yeah. If I'm just being charged the same price 24 7, 365, am I going to change anything? Yeah, well, well, pretty hard. Yeah. Well, that would be a little bit like if we flip it on its head and we we use a liquid form of energy. Yep. And we go to petrol. Yep. If you had a fixed rate from mobile yep. that you could just fill up for the year. Yeah. What do you reckon your motoring behaviour is going to be? Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. you are going to behave very differently. One hundred percent. Because you're not even going to think about it. Whereas yeah. you know when you know. Because the money's already spent. It's already yeah. spent. Yeah, but, you, you, but you've detached yourself from yep. from the fiscal reality and the, yep. like the real expense. Whereas you think about it, what happens is that as the cost of fuel went up post um, the Russian invasion of the, of the Ukraine, yep. and that price spiked through the roof, yep. people did. You know, you think, yeah, maybe I might walk, maybe I might take the e-scooter, maybe I'll bike, maybe I'll phone my mate and we'll, we'll, we'll carpool together. Yep, yep. Because... And in the States, at one stage, it got up to $5 a gallon. Like, I mean, that's that's a lot of money. It does make you think. So you can imagine if you had a flat kind of fee surface, you would be, you'd decouple from that natural mechanism of um, supply and demand, and at a higher cost structure, people change their behaviour pattern. Yeah, yeah. It's how it's how markets yeah, sort of work. <laughs> yeah, and it's how you change behaviour yeah. pattern. Yeah. That's the whole idea of a carbon tax. Yeah, absolutely. If you emit more... You pay more. Yep. Once you decouple from that, people just, they go back to their old patterns because they're like, well, there's no consequence. I just do what I want because I can be willfully ignorant to the outcome. Yep. What does uh, solar network energy have to do with being a financial advisor? (laughs) Well, within our portfolios, we hold a diverse, um, massive diverse array of um, securities, both bonds and equities and real estate property trusts. And some of those will be solar. But the focus of what we've done here, we wanted to address what we do as a business and our footprint. And we really like the innovation around solar and around electric vehicles and plug-in hybrids. We we just think it's fun. And it's, it's a very dynamic area. The other thing, it's actually fiscally rewarding. So in other words, I wouldn't have put the solar, solar panels on, developed the network, if I thought that I was going to lose money. Okay, yep. so it's it's a fiscally prudent thing. At the same time, as we massively reduce our environmental footprint of what we're doing, and 
we can also be an example to others of what you can do when you incrementally do improvements on your your footprint on the environment. Like a lot of people have said to me, they said, but Nick, you're like a capitalist. You're like an investment guy. You guys like guys don't care about this stuff like this. It's like maximize the return and then once you earn the rewards, then be philanthropic. And I'm like, no, 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 no. That's how it used to be. That is that is the that is the stereotypical behaviour pattern of investment. But people are changing that now and they're saying, Yep, I like that approach but I don't want any damage on the way through. The aspect I look at is more at a regional level of Hawke's Bay, where we're a very popular place where a lot of people would like to come and live. Yep. Like, it's apparently when you ask semi-retired folk or the pre-retired folk in New Zealand where they would like to retire to, Hawke's Bay is in the top three. So if you've got 5.5 million people and one in three retirees wants to come here, we're not making any more dirt. We have to think more efficiently if we're going to have more people living on the same patch of dirt, we have to think better, think smarter, think cleaner. Yep. And it was on that basis that I thought, no, no, we can do a better job with what we're doing. So we put water meters on our building, on our premise here, the head office of Stuart Group. Um, we've got our solar panels, our EV, uh, our EVs. We've also got four EV charging pedestals that will shortly open up to the public to be able to utilize during daytime hours. I mean, we're, you know, and the other thing, you know, we took off all the walls of all of the um, wet areas of the office, like the toilets and the kitchens, etc., and we took down the hand towels and we put in these whisper quiet uh, electric um, hand fans yep. because we were using 24.4 kilometres of hand towels a year. Wow. Yeah, I mean, that's, that is insane. Yeah. When you actually think about it, and it was just like year in, year out, there would yeah. be. We'd have these bags, rubbish bags, that were like, you could lift them with your little finger because they were just full of hand towels. So So what what you're articulating here, Nick, is really like that this Terehe Solar Network is part of a much bigger portfolio of activity, isn't it? Yes, it is. It's just one component of, you know, actually just doing things that are, you know, more affordable and more sustainable, and you end up with a package that is, you know, fiscally rewarding to use. It is, yeah, and the thing with the, the network, the Tadihi network is that we could bring along people and form a community and a group of like-minded individuals could come and enjoy the journey with us yep. you know there's nothing in it for the Tadihi group because it's like it's almost a philanthropic project what we're doing yes we are one of the larger generators within our community of powers and we're rewarded for that investment just as currently the other four members who are also producing power are rewarded for their input we think that we can grow that community in this amazing region that we, I mean, we are, in the, as you know, people have called it, we're the sunshine belt of New Zealand. That was Tauranga, yeah. Hawke's Bay and Nelson. Yeah. I mean, Hawke's Bay, we're not skin cancer capital of New Zealand for, for not having amazing sun. You know, we can harvest the sun. That's why we, you know, we, we grow amazing pit fruit. And so why not harvest some sun at the same time? And it was, you know, like we, we, we have our lovely head office here and we just had this awesome roof structure that my brother-in-law just said, I can make something of that for you. Yeah. <laughs> so we're like, bring it on. Bring it on. And the rest yeah. is history at this yep. point, I guess. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and actually, the rest is the future we, yeah. as well. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 That's it's what... It's just the start. What, uh, yeah. yeah. Well, it, it, it was interesting because with our energy, I've noticed that basically, you know, most of your growth is organic through word of mouth. Yeah. Absolutely it is. Yeah. I mean, we... 
have the ability to um, you know do big TV campaigns. You oh. won't you won't see us on billboards or yeah. you know uh, that sort of thing. Um, so yeah, and and you know that's actually is in keeping with the the overall community approach as well. Yes, yeah. um, we're actually you know we're not about signing up one by one customers. We actually want to build communities on our platform. Yeah, it's not it's not just a pure acquire hundreds of thousands of customers. Yeah. <laughs> sustainable of growth. Sustainable growth. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And. One of the things that you and I have spoken about a couple of times, and that's the fact that making sure we have that right optimal mix of those who are feeding the network and being seeders of solar energy and those that are the recipient of or the users of the solar. And just to, you can just see, and particularly when that awful month of July that I keep referring to, because we had, you know, we, it was shocking everywhere. It wasn't. It I was promised gnarly. it wasn't just in the Hawks Bay. Yeah, we Wellington, had, we haven't seen the sun for literally six weeks, I think. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Um, so it was interesting, just getting that nice balance, and um, it's really pleasing because a lot of folk that we actually talk to when we say, you know, because they've they've expressed their environmental ideals. Around sustainability, ethical investment, social and governance, that kind of ESG approach. So we talked about what we're doing, and the people they say, I'd really like to join, but I feel guilty because I have nothing to add. Yeah. In other words, they're like, I want to be a cedar of yeah. solar energy, and you know, and and we're like, hey, that's fine. You can join the Tarihi network now, and one day when you're ready, you can turn on solar. But you're welcome on our invitation to come in and join the community now because our community has enough excess that we can share. Yep. Um, I've had a couple of really large like corporates have said, we'd really like to hook in. Yep. And they use, like, we'd need, like, four hectares yeah. of solar panels right. to cover their requirements. Yeah, 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 but yeah. I think it's showing where it's moving to. And some people are saying, I really like that. A, it's a good story. B, if they're carbon zero, they're reduced. They're, thus speeding up how quickly they can get to carbon zero and the cost of doing so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll try and keep this as well really simple yeah, for yeah, your listeners, yeah. but the, the, the bit that I was keen to talk a bit about as well, is, yes. and people might have sort of picked it up through the conversation we've had already, is you know at the moment for people to join the Terehi network, they all have to join our energy yes. as their power company. Yep. Yeah? Now, one of the things our energy is involved in um, at the moment is um, we're involved in a pilot with um, a bunch of different projects around the country that would actually make that not necessary. Um, So you could actually say, you know, if you like your Meridian or Genesis as your primary, you know, electricity retailer, you could potentially still join the Terehi network and share amongst the power that's available in the Terehi. So you'd have a chunk of your power that is you know, from or to the Terehi network yep. and your other bit from Genesis. At the moment, you actually can't do that because of regulation. You know, regulation prevents that happening. Um, and so we're involved in a bunch of pilot projects around the country with some other electricity companies to actually experiment what it would be like if you trade that. And, you know, why that's really important is, you know, then we can really expand community energy around New Zealand yeah this ethic because you know for what a lot of people have lots of reasons for wanting to stick with their power company yes. or ones they trust or have been with for 10 20 years yep. or whatever you know and they don't want to switch away and you know look we respect that you can still you know access 
you know your community energy proposition as part of your um, yeah how you buy and sell. So would that mean say let's say if I'm a member of the Tarihi network and yeah. I'm enjoying selling my solar using my solar, yep. but are you saying that when I'm consuming from the grid, I could consume from a retailer? Yeah, yeah, you could, yeah. But that at the moment cannot happen. That cannot happen. you can't have those you can't two have, components. Yeah, you can't have those two so components. you can't have the community with the solar buy and sell. No. So that would mean that hypothetically, should that legislation change, yep. that would mean that would that mean that Tarihi at a group level would negotiate on behalf of all the members or each individual member could negotiate? Uh, each individual member could negotiate. Wow, so yeah. you're talking huge disintermediation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. And it's actually, you know, it's, but if you think about it, it's actually quite simple, yeah? It's this idea that at a really, you know, to break it down to a one-household example of what that regulation does currently is if you have solar on your roof you'll be exporting some of it that yes. you're not using during yep. a day. Yep. Um, but you also, at night time, when your solar's not available, you need to pull electricity yep. in from the grid. Yeah. Now, at the moment, you have to do both of those things through the same retail. And what this regulation would do is actually say, well, now, hang on, those are actually different services. Yes. Yeah. It's either a power company supplying me or me supplying, yeah, yeah, you know, cool. wherever I want to. And, yeah, again, at the moment, the regulation today, you know, prevents that wow. breaking. Yeah, yeah, because one of the things that I've seen is that it's all about the net. Yep. So some people say to me, they go, I have got this, like I had a, a good friend of mine that I mentioned to you who's up in the Bay of Plenty who's in a fixed contract at the moment. Yep. And he just cannot wait to get over to Tarihi yep. uh, when that expires because he's earning 14 cents on solar. So that's right. two cents higher than us. Yeah. But he's paying thirty-two cents when yeah, he's on the income at night. Yeah. He's and and he's realised that his net differential. He's paying a fortune. Yep. Yep. And it was all about the net. Yep. The difference between the two. And again, it comes down to what we were talking about before about that kind of clean, transparent approach. Yep. That's that you know today he's powered by our energy's approach, and it's just so clean. Whereas those others. They don't realise until later that what they're actually paying for power is a lot higher than what they thought. Yep. So they might be getting a slaw, they're getting a, an extra bump on the solar during the day, yep. but at night, oh, sobering. Yep. No, absolutely. <laughs> we see it everywhere. Yeah. So, so <laughs> yeah. where is that? Um, so, in terms of that pilot program you've yeah. got, is it working its way through Parliament, or is this a what? Yeah, so basically the pilot has established a number of different projects. Yes. Um, we've got one, yeah, again, just that we're working with down in the Central Lines area yes. with uh, Flick Electric. For yes. those who know them, yes. check them out too. They're yep. a really cool company to work with. So they're collaborating with us. We've got another few, one that we are getting started with an electric vehicle um, charging company. We'll get started soon, in the next month or so. Uh, and then there's also one we're doing in Canterbury um, very shortly as well. So, and what that pilot is basically about is 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 helping to essentially prove the case yes. to change the regulation. Um, so, you know, but helpfully, um, new bill that's just passed through Parliament last week, which um, will make it easier for that regulation to be changed. Um, which is great and you know one of the really cool things about it is we saw in the debate around the parliament is actually several MPs even talking about this regulatory change and not just 
you know, to, to the point of, you know, to almost go full circle in our conversation yeah. today, the really cool thing from our energy's point of view was there was a Green MP who spoke in favour of it. Yep. There was an ACT MP who spoke in favour of it. Now, that's a pretty, you know, there's, there's not too many things that the, yeah, yeah 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 there's not too many things those two agree on yeah um, so great to see and then the minister uh, Megan Woods um, also sort of responded to their um, questions saying yeah we fully support this regulatory change and you know one of, the, one of the things this law is designed to do is to make that stuff easier for the electricity authority who regulates yep. the electricity market um, to make that change yeah so, you know, it won't be automatic. It'll still be a, you know, yeah, I, I suspect yeah. it's still, you know, a, a year or two away at least before that rolls out in anger. But, yeah, we're on the path. And yeah. Got the old, uh, it won't happen overnight, but it, but it will happen. <laughs> You've got it, Rita. Yeah. Absolutely. All right, we might have to call it a day there, guys. We've been uh, talking for quite a while now. Right. <laughs> well, there's so much to talk about. It's, there it's, is. We yeah. could go for it. Well, look, well, look I'm, sh- I'm sure John would be happy to come back when we yeah. when, when we hit the 100, 100 individuals or firms that have joined today. We can yeah. invite uh, oh, John Oh, what a back. celebration that'll be. Yeah. That'd be great. Yeah. yeah, look forward to it. We've really enjoyed chatting to you today and um, looking forward to tonight as well, which uh, our listeners can probably find some photos of if they're on our newsletter or if they are following us on Facebook. <laughs>